Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. When I first started my recovery 11 years ago, I struggled through the textbook-like material on the subject. I wanted to make the addiction and the recovery from it accessible and relatable to more people by telling it in an entertaining way. Well, I'm super excited to announce I've released my first book, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. If I can help just one person find a solution or at least realize they're not broken or alone, then writing this has been worth it. You can pick up the book exclusively at Amazon or signed copy at secretlifenovel.com. And the best way to support our podcast is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or rating on Apple Podcasts yet, please do. It'll help more people find our show. And if you want to be a guest, shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at icloud.com. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know, those deep, dark secrets you probably want to take to your grave or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing. Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Lindsay. Now, Lindsay, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) What is your secret? Well, um, there are a lot of secrets from my past, but the biggest one is that I am a compulsive spender and shopper. Oh, I have done that too. You are not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) So when did that start? Like if you could trace it back, when did you become like obsessed with outside things? Yeah, um, it's kind of been around forever. Um, It started to get pretty bad, I would say, in high school. Okay. Um, And it, you know, like shoes and clothes and makeup and all that stuff. But when you're, when you're living at home with your parents, you don't notice the impact of it as much. Um, and then when I went to college, um, I got my first major credit card on my own. I got a Victoria's secret credit card. (laughs) That's trouble. Yes. But here's the thing. Nobody teaches you about credit cards. Did you know? Did you feel that too? Like looking back? Well, my parents tried really. They did. Um, They tried really hard to teach me about money and saving and budgeting. I mean, I worked from the time I was 15. I always had a job, even when I was in school. Me too. Yeah. It didn't, it doesn't matter. Um, like that didn't make any difference. And them trying to teach me to budget, like they got me a bank account when I was young so that I could learn. They even got me a credit card that had like a hundred dollar limit so that I could learn and use it. Like it wasn't something that we didn't talk about. We did. Wow. Can I just congratulate your parents? Like (laughs) I honestly, after a hundred and something episodes I've recorded a lot of times money comes up and Every parent never talks about it. So I have to congratulate your parents for at least like trying to instill that mm-hmm. because that's very rare. Yeah, they did. But I, yeah, it just didn't work, I guess. <laughs> it didn't click. Yeah, it didn't work. Um, so when I went to college, I, like I said, I got a Victoria's Secret credit card, which was so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your limit? Do you remember your limit? 
Uh, I think when I first got it, it was really low. It was like $500 or something, but yeah. then they want you to keep spending. So they up it and up it and up it. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was literally like, I went to Victoria's Secret one day for something and they, they always ask you, do you want to open the card? And so I said, yeah. So I opened the card. I put that purchase on there. I got a discount. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Right. And then I would just go back and buy like the stupidest thing, like things that I would not wear. It would like sit in the drawer. And then in my head, it was like, okay, well, the minimum payment is $25. It's still on this date. That's so fine. That's easy. And then it would come around and I'd not have the money to pay it. And so I would just be like, oh, well, I can't pay it. Oh, but can we go back even further? Because I have a question. Mm -hmm. Did anybody in your family shop a lot or like obsess about material things? Like, did you grow up like seeing it, maybe even friends? So that's what's really interesting because my dad was fantastic with money Mm -hmm. when I was growing up. He was so good. Um, He handled money so well, but he did like nice things. And I was his only daughter, so he would spoil me. And I knew that if I, like, if there was something I wanted, I would get it. Uh, My mom, on the other hand, was very reserved with money. And like the one that was trying to instill these things in me, budgeting and things like that. And it would be a big fight or a big argument, but in the end, I'd still get it. Would it be a big fight and argument between you and her or between the three of you? No, it was always just me and her. My dad always tried to stay out of it and he'd be the one I'd go to, to try and, you know, be on my side. So did you manipulate him to get your way? Oh, totally. Yes. Mm. Yes. And I feel now looking back on it, I feel bad for my mom too, because she tried, Mm -hmm. but she, I think she didn't want to feel like a bad guy who was saying no. So we would go through all of this, all of the the fighting, the no's. She'd see that I was upset knowing that my dad and I were close and she didn't want to be the one that was, you know, the odd man out. And so ultimately then she would just like give in. Yeah. I, I'm like your mom. Like I'm the (laughs) one that's like hardcore. You do not you know, like these are the rules and my husband ha- and I have a deal. Like we can't gang against each other. Like we have mm-hmm. to be a united front no matter mm-hmm. what, because if the child feels they have any manipulation between the parent that that can, a- can add to addiction or add to like obsession outside of self. Yes, there is definitely that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you just grew up in high school getting whatever you want because you could ask your daddy, even though you're working a job and you and you, you know, provided, you know, some for yourself. Is that right? Yeah, basically. I mean, when I was working and I turned 16, they bought me a car. It was a used car, but like they bought me the car I wanted. Um, And the deal was that I had to pay for my own gas and my own insurance. I never paid the insurance on that car. Never, never. And yeah, I would put gas in, but rarely. Um, yeah. Or I'd just be like, dad, can I have gas money? You know, it was always just like a simple, and sometimes I didn't even have to ask. It oh, just they became, just gave it to I you. just knew. He did. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then you go to college, you got this credit card. Like what, how has it been since then for you? 
I love it. You should see her face right now. She literally, her mouth was a gas like, ah, (laughs) yes. Well, I've come along a long way since then. Um, I mean, it, it continued on the path of, of, Oh, credit that just the idea that credit cards is like, it's free money. You buy the thing. If you can't pay it, it's not a big deal. You pay it when you can, if you can't, whatever creditors call, you just ignore the call. Oh Um, my God. That's like my background. Like I literally live with credit creditors calling our house. Like I still to this day see a number I don't know. And I'm like, oh my God, it's a creditor. Even though I have no credit card. Like Uh I don't (laughs) have, that is so, but so how many credit cards do you think you got? By the time I reached my, um, my crash and burn, I had seven, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And none of them, I mean, here's the thing. None of them had a crazy high limit. I think the highest limit I had was $5,000. Um, so none of them had a super high limit. And the other thing that's really crazy is that actually I really didn't have creditors calling except for that first few months when I was in college with the Victoria's Secret card where I was like, oh, I just won't pay it. Um, because I would always manage to pay the minimum, even if it was late, Yeah, I would pay it somehow. Okay. Um, and that is where that's like where my, my crazy, um, kind of spiraling like came in, but I would always manage to pay the minimum. But as soon as I paid it, sometimes even before it went through, mm-hmm. you know, the app will like update before the money goes through, I would have already spent it again. Really? So it was like yeah. this vicious cycle that you just yes. kept doing. Yep. So they were all maxed out, but I would pay the minimum. And don't you think when you pay the minimum, like it really doesn't do anything because you're usually just paying the interest, right? Sometimes not even because you pay it late and then now you've got late fees. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them were even over the limit because I pay it late. And so there'd be a late fee and then I pay, you know, the $30 minimum and it would still be over the limit because I had a late fee on top of it. So how do you, I mean, here's the thing that I under, I'm like a cheapskate, like I'm a money hoarder. Like I will hoard money and I won't spend it. And I, I almost think that's actually not a good thing either because money's like, there's, it's like paper. It doesn't actually mean anything, but when you go and spend money, you don't have, do you see why you were doing it? Or was there underlying stuff going on? Because whenever I go shop a lot, it's because I don't want to feel something. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's exactly it. And I only figured that out about seven months ago. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started, um, yeah, I started in DA um, seven months ago. Which is Debtors um, Anonymous. Debtors Anonymous. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, saved my life. Um, yeah. So I started seven months ago in DA and um, I started around the same time seeing a therapist who I'd seen before who was really great. Okay. Um, and just kind of like, I think the, the fact that I was finally like letting all of these things, cause nobody knew this, by the way, nobody knew that I had the credit cards that were maxed out. Nobody, nobody, nobody. like no friends, nobody. no family, nobody. no one, no one, not even my husband. <laughs> oh, you're, she's married. I'm married. <laughs> so did you have this credit card debt when you married your husband and he didn't yes. know? Correct. Got it. So it's like the secret. It's that dirty, shameful secret. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And anytime that 
you know, money would come up or like debt would come up or like there'd be a credit card commercial. It would just be this like panic inside, like total body sweat, like change the channel, change the subject, leave the room, like just avoid, 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 avoid. It was almost like that was like you were cheating on your husband with your credit card debt. Do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. when I used to, it would be like, oh my God, the phone. Ooh, this is like, I, I got to escape this, like uh-huh. getting confronted. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm having a physical reaction <laughs> right now. I don't know why, but like I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I know it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking back on all of the things is, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And so much selfishness and ego involved. Like the fact that the fact that I'm still married is just a miracle. That is a miracle because the two things that ruin relationships is, you know, the sex and love aspect, but also money. Those are the two things people kill people over. Yeah. And then when you have it as a secret and a lie and entering a marriage, a union where it's a contract, and not being upfront. Yes. Oh my God. So you got to, first of all, I just want people to listen. Like, what were the things you bought? Like, that's important. It's not like you went out and bought diamonds. Like, what were the things no. other than, so can you like, what was that like high you got from buying? Yeah. Well, so it is important to what you were saying about feelings. Like once yes. I got into recovery and now seven months later on my journey, I learned why I was doing what I was doing. Okay. Um, but, and it was definitely about feelings for sure, not feeling my feelings. And, but yeah, it wasn't any, it wasn't like I'd go and have a crazy shopping spree and I'd come home with like tons of bags or I'd go, I'd like buy expensive things. It wasn't that it was like, I'd get food out while I was at work and like spend the last $15 on the credit card on that, or I would be in target getting groceries. And I just saw this thing that I had to have the sweater or the skirt or something like that. It was honestly, it got to a point where it was anything Mm -hmm. and it was more a compulsive spending problem of like, I cannot go somewhere and not spend money. Did you ever try and then not be able to? Like you were walking in the store going, okay, I'm just going to go get this. I'm not going to get anything else. Oh, totally. And And then there was times. (laughs) Yeah. And there was times too, so many times where I would be like looking at clothes and I'd have like three things that I thought were super cute. And I would know like, okay, I don't have enough money to buy any of these. Mm -hmm. Um. Cause I was always very aware of my finances, which is what's really crazy. Like I knew how much money was in the bank. I knew what bills were due when I knew what my credit card debt was, but like none of that mattered. So I would be in the store and I'd be like, okay, I really can't buy any of these. And I'd stand there and have the internal dialogue with myself and the like debate of, I cannot buy any of these because the water bill is due in two days and I don't get paid until this day. And then I'd be like, fuck it and buy all of them. Wow. And then figure out how to pay the water bill later. I feel like so many people do that. And I have even done things like that, that that's very common where you, you are aware because sometimes people just go blindly and don't know how much money they have. But when you actually know, and then you do it anyways, Mm -hmm. that's the insanity. So insane. Yeah. 
So what was the bottom? Because I do want to get the bottom where you were actually Mm -hmm. like, this is a problem. Like something in me is not functioning well. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it was kind of, um, it was actually like an intervention, although kind of like a self-brought-on intervention. So my husband and I were sitting down with my mom and stepdad. My parents are divorced now. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were talking about finances and stuff because- Things had been really rough financially. My husband's job, blah, blah, blah. We were sitting down and then like debt came up somehow of like, well, you don't have any debt. And it was just like this internal, like I've been doing this for so long. There's no, I like, I can't keep doing this. And I just blurted it out. Like, do you remember what you said? Um, I was, I think I said, yes, I do. And my mom was like, what? She was like, I thought, she asked something about the credit cards. Like I, you only have like one credit card. I was like, no, I have seven and they're all maxed out. And I just, I was like, I left my body and I just like said it all. How powerful. It was like something bigger than you were like, I can't do this anymore. And you just like, like, (laughs) you know, like vomited on them. Yep. Yes. And what was their face? So they were like, okay, well, how much is it? And I told them, and I think it was like, it was like 17,000, like not even an insane amount really to a lot of people. Like I was, I was seeing a therapist at that point who was like, oh, well, that's nothing. You're not, you don't have a problem. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> Wait, do you still go to that therapist? <laughs> no, no, oh my no, God. No, I was about no. to say, can you please? I, that's no. a, still a lot of money though. Like $17,000, yes. you can buy a car. Like, right. For a therapist to say that, that's insane. I know. I'm glad you're not seeing that person. Anymore. Yes, same, <laughs> same. So, okay. So anyway, so I spilled, I spilled my guts. Okay, good job. Good job, by the way. I'm very yeah. proud of you. It felt really, really good. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was really just like the shock of it all. And like, okay, how do we deal with this? Um, and it was to uh, close all the credit cards. Like my, my mom and stepdad were like, we're going to pay them off. And you're going to pay us back. So that way you don't have the interest. I have thoughts about that now that I'm in recovery. But anyway, what's, so wait, wait, what's your thought about it now in recovery? I'm curious. That probably didn't serve me, especially yes. because of what happened next. <laughs> That's like a cliffhanger. That's a good part, like to pause and do a commercial or something. Okay, so the cliffhanger is... After your mom and stepdad paid it off, which they shouldn't have, because that's enabling. As right. We correct. Know. Yes. Now that another another thing dropped, you tell yes. us. Yes. So that happened. Closed mm-hmm. all of the cards except one because my husband needed to have one. And so we kept that one open, but I didn't have the card, got rid of the card. And then about not even a week later... I was going to work and I really wanted Starbucks, didn't have the money for Starbucks, but I was like, so I go into my app, you know, the Starbucks app and I'm like, oh, the credit card saved on here. I'll just use it. It's $5. It's fine. I'll pay it right, like right, right off. Forget it. Next thing I know that card is back up at $600 and the card that my husband got, cause we ordered one for him. Like we added his name to the account. It came in the mail. I got the mail that day and I thought, oh my God, he can't see this because he'll know that I've been using it. So I grabbed it. I stuck it in my car and I went about my business. (gasps) 
it was like, it was like you relapsed. It's almost like you went and shot heroin in an alleyway. Oh, totally. I never even, yeah, because I never, I didn't do, I mean, nothing changed in that time. Like I, I told them about it, but I didn't do anything differently. Um, so yeah, he, long story short, he was driving my car one day, like a week later. And I don't know why he went through my car. I mean, um, he has reasons to go through my car, <laughs> but he found it and he came in the house and he demanded to see my phone and he kicked me out of the house and good for him. Yeah, I know. In the moment I was like, poor me, this is awful. And it was I'm in getting, that moment. I'm the victim. <laughs> I'm, my husband kicked me out over $600, but good yeah. for him. Like, I know that probably saved your marriage. Honestly, it did. It did. Because, yeah. And I mean, in that moment, I was doing all the, the whole act that I've been doing my whole life. of like, I, I need help. I have a problem. And he was like, yeah, you do. But get out. <laughs> so where did you go? My mother's house, which I mean, what can be worse than being <laughs> sent being to your grown. mother's house? A grown woman kicked a out of your house. adult sent to your mother's. Yeah. So I really just like really... Hit bottom. Hit hard. Yeah. It was like your jig was up. It was up. Your like secret life was done. Mm-hmm. But was here's the thing. Out. Yeah. But here's the thing. You could have just ended your marriage, gone and found someone else, done the money thing with someone else, but you decided to get help. Like that's the yes. beautiful thing. Not many people do that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I had those thoughts and then sitting there in that make or break moment with my husband Mm -hmm. of like, tell me everything or I'm out. Mm -hmm. I decided to fight and tell him everything and to be vulnerable. And when I truly have never been completely honest with anyone in my entire life. Yeah, me either. I, I was the same thing. I always kept something compartmentalized to protect myself. And it's Mm -hmm. like, to be able to sit there and say, here's everything I've done. Here's all the crappy things. Cause it has nothing to do with your husband. None of it does. It has to do with you that there's an emptiness inside of us that you were willing to look at. Mm -hmm. So how has that journey been? How has the not spending been? It's been incredible. Um, I realized once I started in DA that like, Oh, so many patterns of behavior and things that I don't want to repeat in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, more of my addiction is that I was, I'm addicted to, I was addicted to manipulation in any way I could do it to get what I wanted to feel like I was in control. I had power and that I was good enough because every time I was able to successfully manipulate someone, I felt good enough. Yeah. And there's this entitlement, right? Like I deserve that. Even though I can't afford it, I deserve him. I deserve this attention, even though I shouldn't be doing it. Like I deserve it. Like this is for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think this society glamorizes those things like flirting or going into target for one thing and buying coming out with a 200 and like, it's a joke almost. They Uh make like gifts and memes, don't they? About like going into Target and then buying a bunch of other stuff. Like, you yeah. Yeah. Like people, there's people that have Instagram accounts that are like Target addict, 
Yeah. Like, that's a real thing, people. I know. That's what I keep like. Why are you buying that extra candle or that new throw pillow to make you feel better? Like, because we need that high of something new, something bigger than inside ourselves. And then we're over it the next day. Right. Did it did it get to a place where you would buy something and then you it would like feel like nothing? So the thing for me was, yes, in the moment, it was a high of like, I'm feeling crappy. And so shopping is going to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would, even though I knew, even though I'd have those internal conversations of, I don't have the money, whatever, it would make me feel better. But then, and that would be the distraction for that moment. But then the after distraction would be the constant anxiety of, okay, this is due this day. This is due then. I have to pay the credit card bill. Husband can't know that I'm paying the minimum on the credit card bill. And my mind would just say, stay so busy with those thoughts of like, how am I going to cover it up? And how am I going to fix it? That I didn't have time to think about anything else. That's the thing. We get addicted to those negative, crazy thoughts, trying to figure it out. And that is like drama. Like we are addicted to the drama of figuring it out. And then if we figure it out and get like, get away with it, then we feel like we're like invincible. Yeah. And then do it again. Yeah. And I always, that's what's so crazy is I always did. I mean, I would sometimes pay bills like a little late, but, but I mean like three days. Yeah. I never had like a past due bill, past due credit card. Like my husband didn't know for so many years because I had this, this just like master way of like, I would go sell old clothes or I would like, yeah, round up the ch- like take the change and turn it into the dollar, like all that stupid stuff. And yet there's clothes in the closet with the tags on, but God forbid, I just go return the freaking sweater. But some people then even I've talked to will return the clothes after they bought them with the tags on and they've worn them just like to that high, like that manipulation you said, like getting away with it. Yeah. Yeah. So that even if you went and returned it, that wouldn't be healthy. True. Because I'd still spend the money again after I returned it. (laughs) Right. You would just be doing that cycle. Oh, my God. We could literally talk about this forever. And I know (laughs) you're a busy mom and everything's going on. But I want to ask you a couple more quick questions because I literally could talk to you forever because we're so similar, it seems. (laughs) But but how are you and your husband now? How do you walk into a store and not go down that path? Can you give, if someone's listening and they feel like they do it, what advice would you give them just to like start that process? That was like seven questions. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Uh, um, No, my husband and I are great. And the reason is because we communicate now and we are open and honest. And when I say we, I mean me because he was never, you know, the one hiding stuff, but we definitely both had work to do. And so we are doing, and we're doing it together. Um, I mean, I was always responsible for the bills and paying, and I just kind of like, you know, was the leader of our household. And now we do all of that together, which is huge. Even if it's just, Hey, we have to pay the water bill today. And yeah, that doesn't take two people, but to say, Hey, the water bills due today, I'm going to pay it. And it's just that like communication. Yeah. And it's like a team. It's like a team. It's like a teammate. Yep. And that's been huge. I haven't used a credit. I don't have any credit cards now. I haven't used a credit card in seven months. Mm -hmm. Um, But the spending is still hard. I'm not going to lie. And I, and I have 
kind of figured out my triggers. Like I know that I cannot go into Marshall's, Mm. um, especially alone. Um, I just can't do it. I can't. Um, and there's no reason like who needs to go into Marshall's anyway, come on. Um, but like target too, is a bit of a trigger. Um, but what I have found and it's, what's crazy is that it's not even just the shopping. There was one day early in my recovery where I was sick. I was homesick. And so I ordered takeout and it was just like fast food. It wasn't expensive, had the money, no big deal. And my initial instinct was to hide it in the trash can, the bag. And I stopped myself and I was like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why am I doing this? It's like, you're still addicted to the drama or the secret. Yeah. So I just texted my husband and I said, Hey, I got food today because I was sick and I didn't want to cook and it was this amount of money. And I just almost hit it in the trash can. Wanted you to know. And he was oh, like, okay. <laughs> that's the truth. I mean, I've even had moments where my husband, when I, things like that come up and I'm like, I feel myself disconnecting. I want to go into fantasy. Like that's a big thing for me still in recovery, like not staying in reality. And I have to say to my husband, I don't want to be here right now. I want to go into mm-hmm. fantasy. Yeah. And he gets, it has nothing to do with him. Yeah. And that, that communication takes that pressure off yourself. Yes. Keep it a secret. That's what it is. Just saying it Mm -hmm. right away. Yeah. And it feels so good to just be honest about Uh, everything. I am so proud of you. I want to give you like a virtual (laughs) hug, but no, the work you are doing, so many people aren't, aren't willing to do. And I'm so grateful you came on and you shared this And that, you know, if you help one person, like, that's it, right? It'll be worth it. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) And and if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.